Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. I am so excited because today on the show, it is my pleasure to be hanging out with my friend and the newest member of the Husband Material coaching team, Mike Chapman. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Drew. Uh, Pleasure to be here. It's so good to be with you. It was good to be with you at the retreat and to give you a big hug like three times a day. Yeah, at least. (laughs) And we've had quite the journey together so far. You have helped me tremendously in the area that we're going to be talking about today of childhood sexual abuse. You're someone who I look up to as an expert on this, and I'm so excited to have you as a friend, to have you as a coach, and to have you on this show right now. Oh, thank you, Drew. It's an honor and a privilege. And likewise, you have helped me so much in my own healing journey uh, with all of Husband Material and um, your podcast and everything. It's been amazing to further my healing journey even deeper. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. And now we get to include everyone else in this important conversation. We are talking about childhood sexual abuse. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yes. A lot of people don't even uh, view whatever happened to them as as children, as uh, if they had any kind of negative experience. They may not even classify it as abuse, but really it would be for anyone who experienced either sexual shame or felt sexually used as a child, uh, anyone under 18, and even those who were abused as adults, that it still has a whole bunch of wounds associated with that, deep wounds uh, and Uh, That's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, it is so difficult to identify abuse in our own stories. It's nearly invisible. So today we are going to talk about your story of discovering your own abuse and the many layers of it and the many stages of it. So let's give people a little disclaimer. What can they expect Well, like I said, yeah, we're going to have a frank and open discussion about childhood sexual abuse and other types of sexual abuse and assault. And as a result, this discussion might contain descriptions of violence and trauma that might be triggering to some of the listeners. So please exercise self-care while listening. Absolutely. You may need to pause the episode. You may need to come back to it later. And that's totally okay. Do whatever you need to do to stay healthy and safe. Yes. With that said, Mike, why are you so passionate about this topic? Well, it's uh, part of my story. Uh, First and foremost, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, including incestual abuse by my father, also being trafficked by him to other men, and also sexual abuse by clergy when I was a young adult. And while coping with these traumas, I've dealt not only with porn addiction, but also PTSD, anger, anxiety, codependency, 
same-sex attraction, and lots of other addictive behaviors. So even if you don't identify as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, there's got to be something in that list that can be relatable. Yes, exactly. And there's so many other childhood wounds above and beyond sexual abuse. Uh, So definitely uh, just about anyone listening would probably benefit. Yeah. Mike, what is your story? Ah, my story. Um, I love a good story, don't you, Drew? Um, I I love to watch TV shows and movies, especially those with deep, rich characters uh, like uh, What's Upon a Time, Lost, and of course, Star Wars. You know, I'm a Star Wars fan. Um, And all these stories, they've got really fascinating characters. And what's even more interesting is their backstories, where they came from, who their families were. And that's what I started to find out what my own backstory was. Uh, When I became a Christian in high school, people would ask, oh, what's your testimony? Uh, What's your story? And it's like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of boring. I was a pretty good kid, didn't get in trouble, kind of a boring life. But as I got older, God started showing me, yeah, I had a backstory. And yeah, it's not boring anymore. Uh, What happened was, it turns out my mother never even wanted children to begin with. She had a bad experience with her own mom, never wanted children, uh, didn't want to be responsible for children. My father insisted. So they had three children, two girls, and I was was born. I was the youngest. Unknown to my mother, my father was a pedophile. Basically, the only reason I was conceived was to service his needs. Once we got old enough where he lost interest, he left. My parents separated, then divorced. I was around seven or eight. No father figure, lots of mess. My mother was now a single mother with three children she never originally ever wanted. And I tried to be a good kid, making things easier on mom. Inside, I was a mess, but I didn't know why. I had blocked out the abuse that had happened. And I didn't understand why I had a hard time making friends and a hard time trusting, especially guys, other boys. As I got older, my mom remarried a guy who also didn't want children. More rejection. When I became a teenager, uh, actually, right as puberty hit, same-sex attraction popped in, uh, didn't act on it. Uh, uh, We were in a very conservative suburb and nothing that was ever positively discussed or out in the open by anyone. Um, My family also never went to church. My grandparents were very religious uh, from a legalistic church. They would sometimes bring us kids to Sunday school when we were little, and they talked about God the Father, and that made no sense to me, but I believed in God. And then when I went into high school, I got involved in a church youth group, and that was amazing, just so much love and belonging, and it's I, I wanted more. Uh, they do altar calls, and I'd listen, but I wasn't ready. I didn't understand. Then before uh, the summer before my senior year, I went to their summer youth retreat, and the speaker talked about the pain and suffering Jesus went through on the cross, and he did that for each of us, even for me. Subconsciously, I could really relate to that pain and suffering, and that touched my heart, and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, When I was a young man in college, a Methodist minister at the church I was attending took an interest in me, and I was only 20, but I looked 16. I was a late bloomer. 
And I, I was uh, flattered by the attention. Uh, man, I very much admired. Apparently, he was a pedophile, too, and liked teenage boys, and I fit the profile. He came to my college apartment for a visit. I lived alone at the time, and things led to him touching me places he shouldn't. Something inside of me just screamed I had to stop him, and I got him to stop, and he left. Um, a few years later, I was able to confront him through church leadership. He kind of got a wrist slap. He was near retirement age. And just a local warning from the local church that he needed to stay away from children, but that's all that ever happened. Um, as I got older, those confused feelings uh, got worse, but God was guiding me through that still, revealing bit by bit those causes so I can get healing. After college, I moved from Oregon, where I grew up, to the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. I got married, two wonderful children, and then we moved to eastern North Carolina. Um, God used my children, too, to help teach me. Um, every time I would like discipline or show love to my children, Father God would say, that's how I am with you. And it's like, oh, wow. Uh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, him showing his love for me that I didn't really understand. And I started to seek out therapeutic support groups for what had happened in college and that same sex attraction I was going through. And uh, through the support group, reading different testimonies of people with similar issues, uh, I read a story of a lady who had been abused sexually. Um, and as I was reading those pages, describing how she, it was forced oral uh, on her and something snapped in my brain. And I knew that was what had happened to me. I just started bawling. And I remember that happening to me when I was a young child. And yeah, that unlocked that first repressed memory of child abuse. I, I was about 30 at the time when that happened. Uh, I sought out uh, more support groups, uh, church-related counseling, didn't really have insurance, so I didn't really have professional therapy uh, until much, much later. But those things helped fill in the blanks, uh, got confirmation that my father had similarly sexually abused other family members when he and they were children. So that filled in the blanks that he was indeed my abuser. Uh, and therapy, I've been able to put a, together all the missing puzzle pieces to make sense of what happened. My father would get mom drunk, so she would pass out, having no idea what was going on. He would then proceed to molest me. Uh, this would happen multiple times, multiple nights, dozens, perhaps hundreds of times. Since that unveiling happened, I started to attend survivor support groups and professional therapy. And I've come a long way in my road to healing, including being three years free from porn addiction. Yay! Woohoo! Woo uh, I've been married to a great woman for over 31 years. Uh, my two kids are in their 20s. They've, uh, they're starting their careers. I'm proud of both of them. They all know my story. They're all very supportive. Um, I tried to bring the abuse up to my mother. She seemed pretty clueless. She knew about the abuse by my father towards the other relatives, but she said she could never quite wrap her head around it. I decided not to push the issue. And I rem remember that both she and my father were heavy drinkers at the time. And I think she had absolutely no idea what had happened. She then passed away a few years ago. So I never was able to bring up the subject again. Um, the SSA, same-sex attraction, that's still an issue, but a lot less now. Um, 
And I've always had a fear and distrust of men as a result of the abuse, like I mentioned before. Uh, my healing journeys helped a lot with that too. I'm involved with my church uh, in North Carolina and their men's ministry. Uh, I've developed close friendships with Christian brothers there and they've encouraged me on my healing journey. Um, I started what I call heavy recovery in March of 2019. Uh, they had just released uh, the Leaving Neverland documentary on HBO and Oprah had a special as well on that. And I watched that and it triggered so much inside of me and I could feel God telling me, yeah, it's time to work on my stuff again some more. And I thought I'd put it away. It's like, oh, I need to open this back up and work on stuff. And with that documentary and the Oprah special, I learned there's an online support group for male abuse survivors, full of men, including many Christians who were similarly abused. And that helped me realize I am not alone. In fact, according to the Centers for Disease Control for females, one in four will be sexually abused or assaulted by the age of 18 in the U.S. I assume the figures for males was much less, like one in a thousand, one in a hundred. It's actually one in six males will be sexually abused or assaulted by the age of 18 in the U.S. So I'm certainly not alone. It's even worse in third world countries uh, that abuse is, is rampant in those countries. And meeting all these men who had similar experiences helped me realize I wasn't crazy for all these different symptoms. I didn't even realize were a result of the abuse. Many of these men had similar symptoms. And at that same time, I was invited to a Christian recovery uh, group meeting uh, in a nearby town. And uh, they had worship and teachings and testimonies. All of them just helped me so much to understand my own recovery process. They had small group meetings, and I felt safe enough to share with the other men what I was dealing with. And it was so welcoming, no judgment, just acceptance and love uh, from these other men. We were all on our own healing journeys, uh, nothing but support. Around that same time, I started attending therapy with a Christian therapist, working on the childhood trauma I had. And uh, if you're a Christian man, I want to give you permission to see a counselor, see a therapist. These are the experts beyond what you can get with allies and mentors. Uh, it just gives you more tools in your toolbox on your healing journey. Okay, with that said, God was using all these things, uh, therapy, the groups, and so forth, to help my healing process. And uh, the online group mentioned PTSD, that most of them had PTSD. I never thought about that before. And they said, yeah, you probably have it too. And so I looked it up online and I'm going, oh, well, that's me, that's me, that's me. And the whole list kind of described my personality. And it's like, uh, that, that also scared me. So if I got healing from this, what's left? Because that was like all me. And if all that's just part of PTSD, who's the real Mike? That was kind of scary. Um, but I, I talked to the Christian therapist I, uh, I knew I had to get a therapist trained in PTSD therapy. He wasn't, uh, but he helped me find uh, a P Christian PTSD therapist. There are none in my area. Uh, it's very, apparently, it's difficult to find. But we settled on a non-Christian PTSD therapist, took my insurance and so forth. And I was concerned about that, too. 
But I talked to my pastor from my church about it, and he prayed for me. He knew my situation and offered me this scripture from Isaiah 52, 12. You will not leave in a hurry running for your lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. God's got my six. That's what that's saying. Uh, that, yeah, even going through secular therapy, just like you see a doctor for a broken bone, you can trust them to do what they're trained to do, um, even when it's with the mind, and then trust God to help you navigate it, um, to lead you through it. Uh, so he has my back, but he's also leading me as well. And that was profound. Um, and my therapist, I've been working with him. I've worked with him well over two years now. And yeah, he knows about my faith and he's very supportive of that. And every once in a while, I freak him out if he'll say, okay, we need you to develop uh, power from your inner self. And I would say, no, I don't need to do that because I know power comes from the Holy Spirit. So it's like, okay, no, I'm good. We can skip that part. And he'd kind of be puzzled. And it's like, okay, so we would skip that part and it would work. It would still work. So yeah, I kind of uh, uh, blows mind sometimes when I throw my own faith in there. And it's been a wonderful working relationship. Uh, it's been great. Um, then in uh, May, again, 2019, uh, on the support group, I started sharing some half memories there about what had happened and uh, the guys there were helping me to figure out I was also trafficked by my father to other men. I was sedated during these events and so the memories have been sparse but these were basically boy swap events where fathers or other males would bring young boys to these events and they would uh, kind of have a swap meet and everyone could take their pick and just do their thing with all the other boys present. And apparently that happened a lot. Um, and as I've been going through my healing, I've, uh, everything's been confirmed through therapy. I get PTSD flashbacks from some of those encounters. Uh, but yeah, it's out, it's open. God's light is in there and helping me heal from that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, in July, uh, that's when I started to see the PTSD therapist. He did give me a formal diagnosis, PTSD with dissociative symptoms. And yeah, I, I call him, he's like a, a PTSD endoscopic surgeon. He knows he's got all these tools, all these different methods that he's used with different clients, and he will pull out different tools and help whatever I need. And uh, it's not very intensive as well, I can usually go to work after a session and be halfway coherent. It's been amazing letting God guide me through that therapeutic process. It's been amazing. Um, and likewise, at the recovery group I was going to, the leader talked about uh, one time, surrendering your pain, surrendering from your past hurts. And it's like, okay, I don't know what that means, but I had a feeling I needed to pray for that. No idea what that looked like, but I asked for prayer for that. And then that next week with my therapist, we did that. We brought out unhealthy ties I had to my abuser, my father, and that allowed me to surrender that pain that I had been holding on to. And 
the weird thing was after I did that, I felt this extreme calm more than I ever had in my entire life. I realized that my hypervigilance, which is a key symptom of the PTSD, the hypervigilance had been healed. It took a couple of days to even realize I had been healed from that. It's just like calm. Why am I so calm? I've never been this calm before. And then, yeah, it took another therapy session. Oh yeah, it's the the hypervigilance is gone. It's like oh, and I was amazed. I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, it's just been amazing the healing journey. And then between the recovery groups, the therapists, the support group. I've dealt with and HMA now too, dealing with trauma flashbacks, food addiction, body shame, and a fear of getting healthy. Um, all of those I've been dealing with. And with a therapist in August, still 2019, uh, my story got updated. We uncovered in therapy that my trauma started even earlier by my father, not when I was about three, like I thought. It was actually started when I was an infant only a few months old. And yeah, it's sad, but very common, unfortunately. And it goes under underreported or not reported at all. But it happens. It happens a lot. It really happens. And our bodies remember these things. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a book, uh, Body Keeps the Score. And talks about those body memories. And it's it's very, very true. Mike, you went through so much individual therapy, group therapy, educating yourself, uncovering these memories. And then you found husband material. Yes. Um, I started my journey with husband material in the fall of 2020. I first listened to Drew's podcasts uh, and then joining the discussion in the community on the free pages. And then in February, I joined the virtual retreat, then HMA Academy after that. And then a few months later, I was in a small group uh, with other men and most recently was in the in-person retreat in Santa Barbara, which was wonderful. Drew's wearing the t-shirt. And even though I had already been free from porn for over two years when I joined Husband Material, I describe it as being like a dry drunk where I still had a lot of the behaviors on the inside and still needed deeper healing. And HMA has challenged me to go deeper, looking at the reasons why I have so many issues with my own sexuality and digging down to get at those roots, many caused by the abuse so that God's healing light can shine through. And husband material has been excellent for that. So thank you, Drew, for being there for me in such a huge way. It's been amazing to witness especially on some of our coaching calls. And now you are stepping into a new role with Husband Material to coach others and to lead others. Yes, um, it's amazing, this journey. Uh, but with Husband Material, the recovery groups, therapy, they've given me so many tools to identify and work through all the key issues that came from the abuse. And, uh, and it's okay to not be okay. Uh, that's what they say in my recovery group. Uh, and, you know, you can find support there. Um, it's just amazing. Um, and with this newfound healing, I've recently become a part-time professional Santa Claus for mall and video visits. And that feeds the needs of my inner child and allows me to spread joy to children, families, 
given me joy back in return. And Drew even had me host, uh, uh, be a special visitor for the last uh, now two Christmas parties. And that's been a joy. Mike, that's one of the most redemptive reversals I've ever heard. You get to be the safe, loving, warm, welcoming healer for these kids. You get to be the person that you needed. Yes. And it's especially fun when you bring together your passion as a Santa with your passion for Star Wars. Yes, yes. I've been known to go to uh, comic conventions and um, dress up as Santa Claus Jedi mashup, which of course I call Obi-Claus Kenobi. I do have my my <laughs> lightsaber. I'm going to pull it out just because Drew mentioned that. I've got it here in its own little case. Of course. Okay. And okay, yes, it is. Oh, with the candy cane stripes and everything. Yes, candy cane stripe, uh, lightsaber with a nice red and gold hilt for the lightsaber that I created. Um, actually, the uh, elves in the workshop helped create that. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, that's been tremendously fun to do that. And also a way to bring joy and it's more middle of the year it's kind of off season so it's a way to kind of continue that and yeah it just brings so much joy um and i'm spreading joy to others and it just it's it's infectious and especially for the the little mike inside of me because yeah he got hurt really bad and to experience joy and to share joy and he gets to experience all that joy and it just, it blesses him. It blesses me. It's just profound with all the support I've had with husband material and all the other support I've gotten. Uh, I know I don't need to feel the shame or the guilt because of what happened to me. I can continue to grow into the strong, beautiful, supportive man I was destined to be. And I'm now finding different ways to share my story with others, letting other male survivors know help and healing are available. You are not alone, and the abuse was not your fault. God doesn't make a mistake. He always had a plan in mind for me and my life, despite my backstory, and often because of my backstory. And thank you, Drew, for letting me share my story today. You're so welcome. Mike is now available to connect with you, to coach you, and we are putting the links to all his information and his services in the show notes for this episode. So I'm really excited to be partnering with you and to see what God does. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Mike, what is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? It has helped me to refocus those creative energies I was wasting to further my own healing and to reach out to other men to help them in their healing. And thank you, Drew. You've been a big part of my healing. You're welcome. And this conversation is not over. Next week, we are going to return with Mike Chapman again for part two of this conversation where we will be talking shop a little bit more. We'll be getting more into the issue of childhood sexual abuse, different approaches to treating trauma, different questions that come up, 
answering all of those and drawing from the wisdom of this man. Sounds exciting. Can't wait. Yes, it's going to be great. Regardless of your past, regardless of what you have done, regardless of what has been done to you, always remember you are God's beloved son and in you he is well pleased. Thank you.